0: Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's, for over 60 years they have provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. Check out their website at Lehman's.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. Homesteaders, I'm your host Annie Sturves from the Urban Homestead in Pasadena. I want to say happy May and I hope everyone is doing well and enjoying life and maybe their gardens and their chickens and all the amazing food that you're producing. Uh, Speaking of food, today I have Sanjay Gupta back again as my guest. He was I had him about over six months ago talk about the compost system and he's going to give us an update on the compost system and talk about the new drip irrigation that he's been installing here at the Urban Farm. So I wanna welcome again Sanjay.
1: Hey, hey. I'm back. You.
0: You're back. Thank you for joining me and um, as we talk about what's going on here at the Urban Farm. Uh, so last time, like I said, we talked was about the passive composting system you installed. So maybe give a recap to our listeners what that system entails or what it is and that what you did, um, you know, what compost system did you put on here on the property?
1: Well, first of all, I have to say that I have more time Mm -hmm. now because Mm -hmm. I actually live here. Yes. Which is a big bonus. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been Amazing to move into, I uh, moved in August, and uh, so I had a lot more time to monitor the compost. Uh, how do I monitor the compost? I have a compost therm- thermometer. You got to go out and get one because it'll tell you what's going on in your compost pile. Otherwise, you're just looking at something and hoping for the best. So with the thermometer, you could it's going to tell you what is the level of composting that's occurring. Is it, is it steady? Is it active? Or is it hot? And from there, You'll know when to turn the pile and whatnot. not. So go out and get yourself a compost thermometer if you don't have one already.
0: So where you get yeah, local nurseries sell it or?
1: Some of the local nurseries get it, have it, but I'll tell you, just get it online. It's oh. one of those things that I, I'm not. It's big like on, a big. I'm not a big online Amazon guy, <laughs> but when it came to the thermometer, I bought five of them. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh no. Okay, you like them. No. So they're just like this. They're what? It's basically you putting...
1: like if you make a if you make a steak or whatever, you yeah, have a little. Yeah, but they're probes. just extra long. It's just the probe is like <laughs> two feet long.
0: So okay. It's a bonafide. They run
1: you about 30, 40 bucks, yeah. right? You don't have to get the super industrial, like $250 ones yes. and the, and they'll do you a world of good. It's, it's, it's my information station.
0: There, and it's, and you're basically, you're, I like how you describe, um, you know, when we, when people ask what you're doing, you're literally like cooking or baking or, or, or fermenting. Um, that describe yeah. like, like what you tell people what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Like so, so, um, there is this idea that compost is for food scraps and that's not necessarily the only place to get your your greens from you've got to be getting your greens from your yard i'd recommend that you grow things just for the sake of composting them one of those things is peas because not only are peas delicious they grow a lot of green leaves that you can compost and they fix nitrogen in the soil but that's another story. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so at the, at the at the homestead, I'm actually composting a lot more yard waste than I am food scraps. So the food scraps thing is kind of like the paper straw conundrum thing where advertising kind of like targeted this small in almost insignificant piece of the puzzle which is uh, as as paper straws are to the plastic problem, which is like 0.00001% of the problem, uh, food scraps, yes, we should be keeping them out of the landfill because they create methane, but it's actually yard waste, which is a lot more volume of compost that you could be making. Mm -hmm. So here uh, I've been able to create like three compost bins at the same time that I'm kind of like folding into one another. It's almost like on a large scale, I'm needing a big loaf of flour.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: really is. Um, we've got uh, certain piles that are cooling, certain piles that are heating up, and a pile that's heating up, if you open it up and put more fuel into the fire, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow up that much more in terms of goodness and microbial life. Remember, all the heat that's coming from your compost pile is coming from microbial respiration. It has nothing to do with the sun.
0: Yeah, so when you talk about fuel, what, what, what's your favorite fuel? Is it coffee grounds, like you said, peas, or even kitchen scraps, which actually heat um, you know the food waste? That, which actually well, at the homestead,
1: waste. we're lucky in that we, uh, not a lot of bark like woody things are grown here. It's a lot of uh, leafy green stuff. The salad mix is Justin's cash crop. So the, so it's very easy to compost that stuff and you don't have to necessarily chip it the way you'd have to chip <clears throat> branches from a tree. So, so we do have that uh, benefit. So when we fold it all in together, you know, you know a, a head of lettuce, it's 90, 97% water, mm-hmm. right? So when you put it into the compost pile, and it's running at 120 plus degrees, or anywhere from 120 to 160, you're gonna get most of that water vapor steam off, and so the volume of that one-headed lettuce is gonna turn into dust. But good dust, compost dust.
0: Compost, compost dust, growing <laughs> soil. So like we say, when we when we talk about what we're doing here, not only are we growing food and community via the stuff we do here, we're also growing soil, and that is a a very vital part of the homestead because people say how do you, we have that much rotation and using the same soil quote same soil if we're not using without the same fertilizing soil, without fertilizing so we're not using the same soil we're actually growing new soil every year as well and what's the turnaround like per month like if you're getting a decent turnaround with the new composting system yeah it can
1: be like right? a, maybe a month maximum now mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah so- and just just like you said there you talked about in the last podcast it's just four Blocks of wood or four. I mean not four but it's four corners of blocks of wood just stuck. Yeah, they're four by fours Yeah, they all sit
1: together kind of like they held hold each other by gravity Mm -hmm. Um, It's a wonderful system and it's it's uh, very adaptable, but your bin is not uh, The answer to your to your composting question it's really about the chemistry of the ingredients that you're putting inside So, if anyone out there who's made kombucha, made yogurt, or made bread, you know it it might be a little daunting, but once you understand it, it's it's generally a piece of cake. So, in the same way, what compost needs is carbon, nitrogen, air, and water. And when you put it in together, composting occurs, active composting occurs, it heats up, and you're brewing microbial life. In your compost pile, which, when you harvest the compost, you're then throwing that back into the uh, into the garden. Not only are you bringing bioavailable nutrients into the garden, but even more so, you're re-inoculating your beds with microbial life that could have died from frost, or from overwatering, or from the sun baking it during the hot months, especially UV radiation uh killing killing your topsoil.
0: Mm, that's a good point. So, uh what we do here at the homestead to to prevent that, we plant close together. We do square inch gardening so there's no not much evaporation, not much uh, sun what is it called? Sun um beating on the soil. We're really close together forest <clears throat> farming uh you know, uh what it i just like biointensive. Everything is intensive. There's no like, is there any bare dirt besides after you? I think breathe? that
1: exactly. I think that's the goal. The goal should be in gardening is that is that when everything is uh, grown out, you shouldn't see any soil in the bed. You should. It should yeah. just be all green. It should be all. Green. And it's it's a green blanket of solar panels that are harvesting energy from the sun, mm-hmm. and and at the same time, protecting the under layer of the soil from UV radiation. And earthworms and insects love that environment, and they're invited to come to the surface mm-hmm. and interact with the plant roots and help them grow.
0: So almost like a living mulch. We're basically any green thing that's living. It's like a living. Mulch. It's
1: it is like a living. Yeah, a living mulch, uh, in a sense. Yeah, and and the, uh, they did tests where, if you point a heat gun at the soil, versus if you point a heat gun at the le- on a leaf that is blocking the sunlight from hitting the soil you can see up to a 40, 40 degree Fahrenheit difference in temperature. Wow,
0: that's crazy. Yeah,
1: because I mean, leaves, they yeah, have so, so much moisture in them, they, they don't heat up and be hot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So scientific. Trees make shade.
1: Mm-hmm. No
0: kidding. And so does plants. Um, plants make shade for the for the soil yeah. uh, underneath.
1: Um, and that's the way nature intended it. Of
0: course. They did, you see, besides deserts, but that's a that's a different microclimate. But I don't think even the deserts covered with little little. Little plants as well. Think like, about or- it this
1: way: like uh, think of a forest of pine trees,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and assume that each one is a uh, a kale plant. Mm-hmm. And now zoom out <laughs> to uh, satellite level and look down on that forest. Do you see any bare soil there? No. Think of the forest as your garden bed. Mm-hmm. No. This the 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 forest covers up every single square foot of soil when you look from it from the top down. There's no space in between. Mm-hmm. In the same way, extrapolate that same concept and scale it down to your garden. The goal is to have greenery growing everywhere. Grow things for the sake of growing them Mm -hmm. so that you can compost them later. Exactly. And when you grow things in the soil, look up the word root exudate. uh, The plant roots push carbohydrates into the soil so you actually improve soil quality Mm -hmm. by growing things out of it. The nursery industry doesn't want you to believe that. It's the opposite. They say that, like, oh, my soil's gone bad. It's degraded. It's been used up. No, actually, when you grow things in soil, it actually improves the quality Especially of the soil. Especially
0: if you're growing like low-growing things like clover. Even if yeah. if you can't, oh, say, oh, I'm not growing vegetables. Go for a quote, quote, like a cover crop. Right. Something covering in between. Even uh, even orchards. They're, they're regenerative orchards. They're they're seeing that you know if they plant. Uh, clovers or grasses or wild uh, natives or wildflowers under the under the trees. It's beneficial, not right. just bare ground. Yep. So, um, yeah, where well, we have to everything bare. I think well, Lee Adams, um, a one of our. One of both of our uh, favorite friend. friend and just amazing lady. She's what is it? Don't uh, leave the leaves. Oh yeah. Leave the, also leave the leaves. Yeah. So many people just they we don't even leave the they're leaves. Called, anymore. They're called
1: leaves because you're supposed <laughs> to leave, leave them. Leave
0: them, yes. So we're just but the mow, blow, and go. We rake, sweep, um, remove all that. For debris. the sake of
1: for the sake of neatness and straight yeah. lines mm-hmm. because it, it simplifies our mind. Yeah. right when we go out in the garden we like to see straight lines mm-hmm. and 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 the built environment is full of straight lines walls right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and streets
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're we're can't
0: be dirty can't yeah be we're collided.
1: we're coached into into seeing things as straight lines
0: mm-hmm.
1: but when but when the garden has curves in it then you get microclimates and you get Not only curves laterally, but also horizontally and vertically as well. All three-dimensional, four-dimensionally.
0: And that's when we came into the Hoogle Mountain, which you helped... um, Right.
1: Right, because the Hoogle, which is basically a hill that you build inside your garden and create a contour in the landscape, created shade on the north side of it, which allowed certain plants that really thrived Mm -hmm. to go off.
0: So, yeah, look up, uh, if you haven't already, look up um culture or culture
1: with a K. K.
0: yes when hugel mountains which we did with some of the the extra bark or not i guess bark logs that we right. had um around the homestead and we basically transformed that that front part of the yard into a little berm and it looks it gives a depth dimension and, and like you said brings in definitely micro- microbes to the soil uh, helps with water evaporation actually harvests some of the water rain or uh, moisture from the air as well and brings it back into the soil so that's and if you have if you're are in la and now that things are opening up i recommend you check out the crescent farm at the la arboretum which yeah. our friend lee adams um started. put together and started and and transformed a lawn that was there into hoogle mountains with native plants and vegetables and so it's amazing so if you haven't checked that out Definitely go check that out, and it they barely, rarely water it um, after its um, initial planting, and it's it's pretty pr- uh, impressive. It has basically blown open, you know, the 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 gardening world in terms of what um, gardens should look like. You right. know, in arboretums, uh, you know, usually it's just everything's. Uh, this is the wild form and it's in the wild form it's beautiful so I highly recommend checking that out if you can so uh, back to overall conclusion on the composting system how are you uh, how you finding it you happy with it tweaks things you could do better or it's just an amazing system that you're just gonna keep going with it
1: well uh, you know there's people out there who say don't sift your compost um, but uh, I do but they, you don't have to sift it to be super fine. It doesn't have to look like soil. It can be larger than that. And when you put those particles into your bed, you fluff it, you help with fluffing it up, creating air uh, pockets, especially if you're amending like clay soil, creating air pockets. And that stuff will continue to break down uh, in in the bed and become smaller and smaller fragments as time goes by. So um, maybe like you know, anywhere from half-inch to three-quarters of an inch uh, holes a sifter is is definitely sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the stuff that doesn't go through the sifter, you just put it back into the compost pile um, to to keep breaking down.
0: Yeah. And it's important because um, you're dealing with, um, in your other, maybe other job, the you have many jobs, and we can talk about that later, but one of the jobs is you're at a local nursery and a lot of people are asking you about soil. and. You know, they're, they come and they want to start a garden, but guess what they have to do? Buy soil. What's, what's, um, what's your take on that? What do you um, suggest or recommend for people who want to start their own gardens, but they go out and buy soil?
1: Well, soil is expensive for a reason. This, uh, a lot. Dirt ain't cheap. <laughs> the, the soil at the nursery where I, uh, I'm at is made somewhere in Northern California, mm-hmm. and there's other inputs from all different types of places. So uh, growing soil at home. Composting and mixing it in with some of the native soil, uh, burying uh, uh, yard waste and uh, food scraps in your bed, and then putting bagged soil on top is is, is a way to go. Most all plants that you're going to be growing in your bed, they need half a foot to a foot height. You don't need a a tall bed. I understand if you you have some you know issues crouching down or whatever, or it's an aesthetic thing, but You really only need about 12 inches of soil in order to grow almost all crops that you want to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And the bag of soil that you get at nurseries or your local, you know, oh, what do you call home improvement centers? That's just like a base. It's not like if it's a, if you're cooking with that soil, it's basically the flour. How can it,
1: how can it be full of microbes when Mm -hmm. it's been sitting in plastic in a hot warehouse for a certain amount of time and then, Mm -hmm. and then traveled on a truck to some other place, sit on a pallet and then came back to your house. It's. It's um, it serves its purpose. It's a it's a it's a growing medium that is inoculated with uh, different uh, bacteria, and when you water it, things will grow out of it. But but let's build soil in place. I had a I had a realization the other day that I think it's worth sharing because we're right on this topic. You know, we talk about the native land and the native people and the native soil and to respect it, and I, I'm sure we all do, and the, this was the land of the Tongva out here at one time, and still is, I'd, I'd rather say it still is, and, and we are um, visitors here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if we're to respect the land, it's one thing to respect it uh, you know, through your mind and, and, and give good thoughts, it's a, 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 but we can also carry that respect into healing the land. Right? How do we heal the land? Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's uh, break up the compacted clay. Let's let's um, uh, take out the the aerate toxins. Yeah, let's, let's take aerate. out the, the heavy metals mm-hmm. that that were put into our soil through an industrial age uh, of the last two hundred and something years out here.
0: And let's, let us let's, let's bring soil, this. Let's yeah. give
1: this soil an opportunity to come back to life. Why was it so amazing? And why was it so respected? And why did the Tongva live here? not because they just wanted to build build their homes on it because it fed them it mm-hmm. was fertile soil along the LA county watershed
0: the river Seiko, yeah.
1: right mm-hmm. which which was fertile soil for them to grow food they realized that and they stayed right mm-hmm. so let's uh, there's something to be said about about making compost and also uh, turning that into the native soil and growing things in the native soil mm-hmm. and, and and showing the respect that way
0: more that's beautifully said I've, yeah yeah um and like i said and another thing is is we've concreted it we we've we've we've, we've capped it we've not let it breathe right you know we've you know the, the royal Seco is now a a um, concreted channel it's oh. it's everything is you know put in to, under concrete and and not let let to breathe and i think the most beautiful thing was when we were both at metabolic when they finally lifted those there's mega, mega concretes off the, the channel there, and it was right. like you could kind of, I don't know, had that sense that, that 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 the the land like was breathing for the first time in 80 right.
1: years. Right.
0: It was yeah. like it literally was like. Yeah. Like well, it has was able to breathe. What she's
1: referencing there is Metabolic Studio taking uh, something more like a 15 to 20 year process to get a permission to break some of the uh, L.A. River channel concrete and found that the river still existed
0: underneath all underneath that?
1: all that concrete and we always had this idea that it was like, oh, this is what it is. No, it was just like it just had a big like retainer on it, braces, it <laughs> yeah. had braces on it and, and it was all still, still there, there and there was yeah. moss and, and microorganisms living underneath the concrete. It's
0: like and it was like, amazing. how did
1: we never think that like, how did we think it was gone? No, of course it still was all there.
0: Nature's yeah. amazing Yeah. Speaking of irrigation, let's uh, segue. That's a perfect segue into what you've been. Um, the irrigation here at the homestead. So um, if you've been listeners been following our podcast, you know that we're always talking about watering and water conservation. Water is a big issue here for us, and um, we that we use ollas, um, which is a clay pot irrigation method, and you can look that up. Um, we also have um, hand watering, and which is uh, Justin likes to hand water because we're able to control not just water just you know for watering sake and we also have a laundry landscape gray water system with the city of pasadena installed for free so our gray water from our laundry water goes out in um subsurface and waters some of the edible landscape out front now a few years ago Justin put in a drip irrigation system to water the raised beds in the back it was a lightweight T tape and every time he had to turn over the beds it got a little messy and didn't quite go back so this year we decided to maybe um, upgrade the irrigation system a little bit, and you, Sanjay, did some recon at a local irrigation place and came up with this system. Tell us more about that um, drip system, how much it's costing per bed, and what what you found that, how how did you come to make this system work for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I started doing some small irrigation installations for people's fruit trees, and there's a product, an uh, Israeli company called Netafim, N E T A F I M. They make a solid product that doesn't break. And it's kind of like Legos, like doing irrigation is really like Legos, but you have to have kind of like a mathematical kind of like mindset to it all because you have to kind of like make sense of like, when are you going to start losing pressure down the line of the system? But anyhow, one thing I will admit is that it's all plastic and we try to get away from plastic but there's, it's the lesser of two evils. So, you know, I'm going to eat out less and I'm going to buy <laughs> less plastics in other ways to, <laughs> to make up for, um, I know there's like a theory for that type of, um, uh, ideology, <laughs> but, or way of thinking, but, and, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, uh, but it's, it's a lot more I- I- efficient and, it, and for farmer Justin, it can save him a lot of time and make sure that, the, the the crops don't uh, die of heat stroke mm-hmm. when those hot days are coming and we're only just getting started it's a pretty warm day today mm-hmm. we're still in early May mm-hmm. um, we'll probably we could see nineties hundreds into like uh, late uh, after Thanksgiving now mm-hmm. that's kind of the way the, the climate's shifted from what I've seen so uh, I figured out that it's kind of like you use like a half inch half inch uh, uh, line and then attach quarter inch line to that that may not make sense to you right now but go to your local irrigation store and mm-hmm. tell them that a <laughs> uh, half-inch line to quarter-inch line that goes across the beds. Getting it somewhere like between 75 cents to a dollar a foot.
0: Which is not bad. Okay.
1: So, um, if you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you put a pressure regulator at the source. That is the most key. Because if you don't, you, um, you're going to blow the line and, and it's not going to hold well. So, you want something around like a 30 PSI uh, regulator on, at the source and um, a digital timer will give you the peace of mind that you can go out by your day and it'll run or you can turn it on for to run at 5 a.m. and then run again at 5 p.m. and you don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. it's the it's uh it, it's a good piece of electronics to have when it comes to your garden yeah
0: i was very impressed like it was a beautiful whatever that uh, the israeli product uh, it was that where all the water it was like beads of water tripping i was really it was really a yeah a pretty, it's pretty, it was a pretty sight it's pretty a,
1: amazing like each hole has like its own little gate valve in mm-hmm. it that regulates the water and there's and there's no uh backflow so so yeah it's ingenuity mm-hmm. and and uh, it's being used on a lot of commercial farms around here too
0: mm-hmm. and I like it it's a little bit better than tea tape but the other one just it would just crinkle up and look like and this one's more it's round and it can hold its shape and, it, and you, it's it's almost like a what they call it like one those wands do they call it the pool, pool things, uh-huh, like yeah. a cool loopy thing yeah. there, but really really small so it's
1: it's built to last mm-hmm. and and that's the difference between something that you have to replace every few <laughs> years um, when I was working in a more rural area, we did have coyotes actually biting into the line trying to access the water because oh, they were wow. so thirsty. Damn. And that's and and you extrapolate from there. Why are they so thirsty? Because we have a drought, mm-hmm. and they can sense the water, mm-hmm. and they're and they're so desperate that they're biting into the line to, to just get a lick of water. So, so sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We just. But there's-
1: there's nothing like hand watering.
0: No, nothing I'll like put hand watering. No. Nope. Simulating
1: watering. rain, chlorinated mm-hmm. rain
0: <laughs> is the best we can get. No, okay, hand watering and, um heaven watering. Yes, that's the best overall. That yeah, we'll take that hands down. There's nothing like a rain, and the next day the garden just grows, grows overnight. Can't simulate. Can't simulate that. Na- and you know, nature can't. No. Never, never from not from a hose for sure. Ah, wow. So, yeah, the garden's looking beautiful. Um, Finally, with um, the restrictions lifting here, finally in Los Angeles, we're hosting monthly tours, which you're a part of. You're talking about the hugel mound and the composting system, and maybe a little bit of the irrigation system that you're helping around. Maybe share some thoughts on on that and uh, what you're you're finding, like maybe the questions that people are answering that you're uh, fielding from those tours. Uh, Maybe you can maybe talk about that, like. I know one was rodents in your compost, and you had a really good answer for that. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, think of, uh, I think of my compost piles as, like, uh, the earth, Mm -hmm. where the center is the hottest, is the magma, right? (laughs) So, when you um, uh, throw food scraps on top of your pile, and uh, then what happens is it, it starts rotting, it's not actually composting, and it starts making a smell, and all the rodents are like attracted to that and they start digging and stuff like that. So what you want to do is you want to, when you flip your pile to re-aerate it, you want to build it halfway and then put all your fresh veggies in there and then close it up. You don't have the stink problem when it comes to yard waste, but when it, but we all have, you know, banana peels and stuff like that. And if we're just throwing it on top, it's not composting. When we get it into the center, when it's like 140 degrees, Imagine putting that on on the on the flame. That banana peel. It'll it'll the vapor will the water will just vaporize out of it, and um and and the smell goes along with it.
0: hmm Yeah, it's great. Great um, analogy on that. So besides helping at the homestead, we're almost coming to uh, We're almost down to our uh, couple minutes left. Besides helping at the homestead. I know what else keeps you busy. You said you were helping with people's fruit trees and irrigation and what, how are you finding um, the climate now? More people are growing food, what, what's what's your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, with COVID mm-hmm. garden, backyard gardening was like the best thing that you could do <laughs> to spend your time because of you could Home be outside, yeah. you could be outside on your mm-hmm. own and doing things, something that's productive and, and very beautiful and make, and strikes your curiosity. Mm-hmm. So the whole nursery industry just ballooned mm-hmm. right because everyone it was the one thing that you everyone could do at home that they weren't necessarily doing
0: and that sounds familiar <laughs> one thing that we could do that, uh, that, that kind of phrase sounds familiar because right because it,
1: you can't you can't just look at the garden on the weekend mm-hmm. you know it's like it's gonna it's gonna get away out of hand or it's gonna die you know they're they're, all the plants at the store, the little four-inch pots, they, they are baby plants. They're a lot more susceptible to disease, mm-hmm. to heat stroke, to overwatering, to everything. They're little, the little babies. Buggies. They're little <laughs> babies. So... Uh, so it, th- that's really nice to see, mm-hmm. um, and and I think going forward, I, I see a lot of people who have office jobs that are not necessarily going back, or they're going back part time. So that means that people can now really maintain their gardens to a degree that it's sustainable, while also maintaining their job as things mm-hmm. open up again. So, so I think that's um, I think that for a lot of people, it's a very rewarding thing that has come into their lives unexpectedly, mm-hmm. um, and and whether you're growing food or not like it's just there's a spiritual healing process that goes with being out in the garden that we take as a luxury Mm -hmm. right uh but but a lot of people are going from from concrete house to concrete building they've been doing that for decades or years nine to five wearing a suit and all that Mm -hmm. and and now you can kind of go out in your backyard in your pajamas with your Zoom call in one ear. <laughs> Things have changed really fast, and I think a lot of people aren't complaining. And munching
0: on a, munching on a pee yeah. in between uh, snacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. it's It's been amazing to see, like, something like that. I mean, uh, the suffering and, and all the hard, you know, the, the frontline workers and all that. But, you know, the, the po- I guess there's a, if there's a positive lining out of all this, uh, you know, you know, you know deadly and long and just long ending year is the people started to recognize that maybe they could start growing their own food becoming more self-sufficient um and and not rely on what you know the infrastructure and and always you know that the the infrastructure of everything i think that i think
1: that like the real the the real beauty will be in how do people take on um a real like regenerative approach to their gardening because because buying plants from the store endlessly and needing the nursery for every small thing it's still kind of like a capitalist kind of like Mm -hmm. like system whereas is there i I wonder what population what, what what percentage of the population are are doing composting and really looking at changing the way that they consume um in general because people have been eating out less and going and and slowing down in general and and going back to you know plugging the composting thing if you really get that set up it's 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 gonna it's gonna address a lot of the problems in your garden and it's gonna just create abundance i've got i've got like squash seeds sprouting in the compost pile (laughs) that you could literally pull out and put in your garden and there you go one less plant bought at the nursery store that's the way nature intended so if you need
0: squash (laughs) seeds come to now.
1: nature (laughs) sprouts itself (laughs) given the right conditions and the warmth the warmth and the moisture of the compost pile is a perfect place for a a seed to sprout Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so some people see that as a bad thing but i'll tell you I think it's the I think it's the new wave mm-hmm. of of sprouting your own seeds at home and creating closing the loop and creating that 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 homestead resiliency mm-hmm. that you pre you've been preaching for
0: your whole life. Thirty minutes, wow, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I I think this is a time where gardens are growing hope, hope for the future. You know, hope in a, in a, in a trying time. Hope hope for in you know hope for a better future and 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 with your contribution and. And everybody doing their part. I think we're doing that. Um, and like um, I said, can't say you know m- more than that. That you know how yeah. gardens are and, and, and how important we, they are.
1: We, yeah, and and if I would to ha- if I was a dream now, like over the next five years, what I would love to see in this in this town. Uh, I'm an LA guy. I do live in Pasadena. <laughs> I mean, like, but same thing. Like, I would love to see how the city can take some of their open lots and change them into community garden spaces that are run in a way that is not um, individualistic, but more community uh, driven. And there are systems in place like composting that works and, um, and show the average person driving down the street like what's possible and invite them into that space
0: more like hubs
1: because we have some community gardens but I find that they're very closed off and there's a fee and there's all this stuff we need to create public parks public spaces um that that are showing food growing Mm -hmm. um happening um, that's
0: easy to access. the public yeah
1: yes yes because there's a lot of open lots just still sitting under concrete even one across the street
0: yep content <laughs> <Hint, hint. laughs> so if you have what two million dollars in your, in, your, in your pocket <laughs> yes. which was what's sad. it was a nursery now it's not, now it's just sitting there it was a, a, a three two three generation nursery and now it's sitting there a bare lot with weeds but yeah so well thank you for that our time has come down to a close All for right. this uh Wow, uh, lots we talked about. Hopefully some of Sanjay's inspiration can help you with your growing and composting and hugel mounds and irrigation and all that good stuff. Thank you again for joining me today. It was a pleasure again talking with you and sharing your passion about all the regenerative solutions that you're doing, not here at the homestead, but in your life and others people's gardens as well. So
1: my pleasure my pleasure and i'm sure if you send a note to the urban homestead they'll send it on to me with any questions or thoughts that you have about what we talked about yes we'll we'll
0: maybe do another video with you and send sanjay your questions to to me yeah uh, info at urbanhomestead.org and we'll pass them along to sanjay if you want to give him a shout out definitely do that so thank you again We love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing.